the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in and history. Covers topics like apologetics worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how to live your Christian life. See how you can get involved and support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. Well, good morning. Hello. My name is Jonathan Hyatt, and I have the privilege of being your guest host today on Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. I also have the joy of being married to your regular host, Stacy Hyatt. This morning, we will look at and study the scripture taken from John fifteen nine to 17 which is titled, Love and Joy Perfected. This title was taken from my Bible describing this passage and fits perfectly with our discussion. With Valentine's Day quickly approaching and with love in the air, let's take a look and see what Jesus has to say about love. Verse 9, John fifteen nine. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. First, Jesus tells his disciples that the Father has loved him. Then he proceeds to tell them that he loves them just as the Father has loved him. This is a pretty amazing statement if we try to wrap our heads around it. As a disciple of Christ, you are loved by God, just like God loves Jesus. Jesus himself says in John seventeen twenty four, Father, I desire that they whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. We see here that God loved Jesus before the foundation of the world. This love compelled Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Martin Lloyd-Jones says of Christ, He is praying for Christians in all places and at all times everywhere. And the one who is praying there for us is none other than the eternal Son of God. These are the people whom God had chosen before the foundation of the world, people belonging to God, and he has given them to his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anything more wonderful than this? Later in that same verse, Jesus says, Abide in my love. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. As I meditate on Jesus' love for me, I think about the Trinity. And I compare this love to my relationship with my earthly dad, relationship with my sons, and my son's relationship with their papa. 
all of us had a unique bond of love. My son, each of my sons with their papa, with me, I with them. I praise God for those times together. Our papa is with the Lord now. And we know that this is the fulfillment of Jesus' prayer, that they whom you gave to me may be with me where I am. Jesus also says, Abide in my love. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. I find it incredible that Jesus asks us to abide in his love. How can we do that? How can we keep this commandment from our Lord? Praise God that his commandments are not burdensome. Praise God that he has given us the helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach us all things. In John fourteen, twenty-five to 26, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The disciples had the benefit of the Holy Spirit bringing to remembrance all things. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait for us to clean up our lives before sending his son to die for their sins. Many people think that they are not good enough to be loved by God. They might say, wait for me to clean up my life and straighten it out a little. And perhaps then I will get right with God. But today is the day of salvation. Titus 3.5 tells us not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. We see here that the father has loved the son. We see that the son loves us as the father has loved him. 1 John 3.1 Behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Notice the verse starts out with if, if you keep my commandments. This makes it clear to us that you and I have some work to do for our sanctification to abide in his love. However, this does not mean that we can earn our salvation by our good works but that we are growing in our relationship with God, striving to obey his commandments by living a godly life. 2 Peter 1, 3-4 As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we see that it is only through the power of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and as you and I read the Bible and meditate on his word, that we are able to overcome and abide in his love. His commandments are his Father's commandments. If we love him, we will strive to keep them. Verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Have you ever noticed how joyful it is to be walking in obedience with God? It reminds me of the old hymn of faith, Trust and Obey. Trust and obey, 
for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. The Holy Spirit fills us with Christ's joy as we trust and obey. 1 Peter 1.8 Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. That verse just so happens to be one of my favorite verses. In fact, it is also inscribed on my future grave headstone. Martin Lloyd-Jones' book, Joy Unspeakable, was the first in a series of his books that I have read, and I highly recommend it. The book springboards off of 1 Peter 1.8 on the power and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Again, I ask you, how can we keep this commandment? How is it even possible for us to love each other as Jesus has loved us? It is not possible. We cannot on our own merit reach that level of love, but we can reach that level of love through the power of his Holy Spirit and through the power of his word. It's often been said that the Gospel of John is the perfect book for someone to read to learn how to become a Christian. It also has been said that the book of First John is perfect for someone to know that indeed they are a Christian. Here are sample verses that go along with our study. First John 2, 4. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. You have been listening to throughout all ages. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. We see here the ultimate love. Sometimes people will make the ultimate sacrifice to save the life of another. A soldier may dive onto a grenade and take the impact to save his comrades. A mother may dive into the street and push the stroller away from an oncoming car to save her child. A firefighter might go into a burning building about ready to collapse to save lives. On 9-11, 343 fire department firefighters were killed in a September 11th attack. Almost half of the number of on-duty deaths in the department's 100-year history. 1 John 3, 16-18 gives us another perspective on the outworking of love. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 40 Jesus sums up the greatest commandment of the law. 
Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Jesus tells his disciples they are now his friends if they do whatever he commands him. We see a transition here. Up to this point, they have served him and followed him as their rabbi and teacher. Now they must recognize this deity as God's son, believe and make him Lord and keep his commandments and he will be their friend. James 2.23 comes to mind about Abraham being a friend of God. It says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called a friend of God. Jesus himself says in John 8.56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Abraham simply believed God and took him at his word. We must do the same. He obeyed God and kept his commandments. We must do the same. Hebrews 11 tells us that by faith Abraham obeyed. We must do the same. Abraham believed God and waited. We must wait. Abraham believed for the promises of God. We must wait for the promises of God. Jesus tells us that we are his friends. We don't keep his commandments because we are forced to. Servants are forced to do what their masters say. We keep his commandments because we love him. We are our king's friends. His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the love of God. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. John 17 happens to be my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. The entire chapter is Jesus' prayer, first for his disciples, then for future believers. Martin Lloyd-Jones has a great book on this chapter. It is titled, The Assurance of Salvation. Let's look at just a few verses that go along with our study. John seventeen twenty to 23 I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Isn't this beautiful, friends? Jesus wants to have the same relationship with us that he has experienced with the Father. He prays for us. Jesus prays for you. He prays for me. He prays for all believers to have that exact same relationship. He wants the world to know there's a difference in our lives, to see it. We know what our Father has made known to us through the Word, and he has given us the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain 
that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give here. We notice here that Jesus chose us, that he appointed us, that we might bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. We have direct access to the Father and can ask for his will to be done through our prayers. Ephesians 1.4 states, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This is not a contradiction, but another example of the perfect harmony and agreement of the Trinity working together. Verse 14 tells us that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. So we see that Jesus chose us, and we see that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. This is the fruit that should be evident in our life as we walk in the Spirit. Of course, there will be times when you and I fail and sin, but our conscience bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we are children of God and causes us quickly to repent and turn once again to our Heavenly Father. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Remember, prayer is not our last resort. Many times we wait until everything fails, and then we pray. Yet even in those moments, if we humble ourselves and step into God's mercy and grace, we find forgiveness, peace, and hope for our burdens. Because we give those burdens to God, and wait upon his will in our lives. 1 John five fourteen to 15 Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Verse 17 These things I command you that you love one another. We love him because he first loved us. In Mark twelve twenty nine to 31, Jesus answers the scribes when they ask him, which is the first commandment? Jesus answered, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In Luke ten twenty-five to 37, we hear the story of the Good Samaritan. A certain lawyer wanting to test Jesus asked him, What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, Keep the commandments. But the lawyer wasn't satisfied and questioned Jesus on who is his neighbor. Luke ten twenty nine. but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Let's take a look at that. I'd like to share with you a poem I wrote. It comes from my book, Notes from a Postman 2, a collection of poems, thoughts, and prayers. Some parts of this poem come from various scripture references, hymns, and choruses, which I will reference at the end of this poem story, loosely based on the Good Samaritan. The following poem, My Good Samaritan, was written after much prayer and meditation on Jesus. 
Jesus has rescued me. He has left me with his Father's care to keep me until he returns. Jesus is my good Samaritan. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, a man of grief. Yet in my darkest hour, this good man came to my relief. He was stricken by God, yet we esteemed him not. I wallowed alone in my sin, where the thieves had left me to rot. I was a bloody beaten man, yet I accepted the blame. People passed me by, while others gazed upon my shame. My confidence had been in myself. I had chosen this highway. A few pilgrims tried to warn me not to travel along my self-way. The blazing sun and scorching heat began to take their toll. Oh, but for a drop of water, before death and hell's fires torment my soul. What must I do to be saved? I remembered the cross. I remembered his face. Lord, help my unbelief. Could Jesus of Galilee ever find me in this place? The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. And so I drifted into and out of sleep. But as I came to, my eyes began to weep. He touched me, oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole. As he wiped my eyes, I beheld the man Jesus, the man I once did mock. Now shaded by his right hand, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. I have come to bind up the brokenhearted. While listening, I was unable to speak. My tender mercies and truth are reserved for those who are most weak. With the fresh oil scent of his love, he washed me clean in the wine of his blood. While bandaging my wounds and taking my rags caked with sweat and mud. While covering me with his garment of grace, I wondered how long I could keep up the pace. Unable to walk, his animal carried me as it spurred in along. Led by our master Jesus, the good man who quieted me with his song. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Believe what keeps you waiting. Learn from me and find rest for your souls. My burden is light. Find rest and be made whole. We traveled together for some time on that straight and narrow road. Finally, he left me with the innkeeper, where now I keep my humble abode. Keep this one until I return. His debt has been paid in full. For life of God and the soul of man is to love God, to live by the golden rule. Now some may ask how this Jesus can be my good Samaritan. Being born a Jew and a prophet unwelcomed, of this they are certain. To this I do reply while I gaze intently up to the sky. Until Jesus I do meet, he is my sweet by and by. Patiently waiting I pray, while my heart within doth yearn and burn. For that blessed day when my good neighbor, Savior Jesus, wilt return. Inspiration for this poem comes from Scripture, Luke 10, Isaiah 53, Acts 16, Mark 9, Psalm 85, Colossians 3, and Matthew 11. 
Hymns, there is a fountain, he hideth my soul, sweet by and by, course he touched me, and the book, Life of God and the Soul of Men. Thank you so much for joining us today on Throughout All Ages. May God bless you this Valentine's Day, and remember that he loves you, and that you are loved by him. First Corinthians 13 Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.